Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name's Amit Man. You can find me on Twitter at Amit underscore Man. You can find my guest, Manny Rao, at... Where would they find you? Let me know. Let, they would let them know. find me. They would find me at... So on Twitter, it's at underscore Manny Rao. Mm-hmm. Instagram, it's at Manny Rao. And then, you know, just, yeah, Manny Rao, you can search me. Um, yeah, funny yeah. story about Twitter. I tried getting uh, the Twitter handle at Manny Rao, but some guy who... Hasn't used Twitter since 2010, has that, and I can't get it. And I don't know when I'll be able to get it or if I'll be able to get it, but I mean, that is the plan. That is the goal someday yeah. to get that handle. So for right now, though, it's at underscore Manny Rao, though. <laughs> Yo, call the streets, call Twitter, let them know. It's like, <laughs> yeah. What is yeah. this? Give me my yeah. name. <laughs> this yeah, man's putting, right. <laughs> man putting disrespect on my name right now by not tweeting for so many years. Um, you can find Manny doing work on Raps Republic, Yahoo Sports Canada. He is your betting expert. So if you want to make some money, you can rely on Manny for that. I'm a little bit of TSN action. So he's been around. He's doing lots of good stuff. So I'm happy to have you on, man. We're going to talk a little Kyle Lowry. I guess on the, the game, general thoughts before we get into these specifics, which will be looking at some of the best moments from uh, last night. Yeah, I mean, I think just uh, generally speaking, the game was, I think, a really hard-fought game. Obviously, uh, the final, like, few seconds there, it was just absolutely chaotic. But Mm. I think, generally speaking, the Raptors, you know, it's easy to forget that they're a team that's coming off of kind of a retooling offseason where, you know, they obviously traded the guy that was honored last night and then began a new chapter in their uh in their franchise history so you know even though they lost last night this team has already i would say done way better than most people has ex- have expected so um general thoughts i would say you know it was a good game hard fought game obviously didn't come away with the w but uh nonetheless it was a really good game to watch and and i enjoyed it I mean, we all say like oh it was so cool to have kyle back and that's what matters really but i mean come on like came away with an l it was painful. That would have made yeah. the night actually perfect is if the Raptors ended up getting the win. But unfortunately, they did not because, I mean, the Miami Heat, that's why they have that championship pedigree. Kyle Lowry was terrific. He came into the game saying, oh, Nick's gonna let, not, not going to let me do anything. Well, you had 16 and 10 on four of eight shooting. You hit some free throws and you were everywhere. So, yeah, um, not bad. I guess you're <laughs> I guess you're one of the outliers of other players who uh, – come back to Toronto yeah. and actually don't perform well. You actually did perform quite well. So kudos to you, sir. That's why you are special. Manny, yeah. let's um, let's go through some of our best moments. Our plan is to do like seven best moments for Kyle Lowry, seven. but I mean, yeah. I feel like it's going to end up being more, but hey, whatever. Uh, you can go You can go first. Number, number one, sure. what was your moment that stuck out? The moment that stuck out to me, um, I think it was pretty, and I, I just told you this before, and I think mine's going to differ from everybody else's. And I think everyone's going to look at me like, what are you thinking? But um, it was after the pregame, it was after the video package and everything. 
Um, yeah. And it was the Raptors, when they introduced their own lineups, they played no friends in the industry and, you know, by Drake off of certified lover boy. And, you know, yeah. I don't know if they do that every game, but I thought it was just so symbolic and so funny because, you know, here we are honoring the greatest Raptor of all time. And then the next, the next shot is this song. That's like, yeah, we have yeah. no friends. Like, like, you know, we go from, yeah, we love you and welcome back to, but we still want to kill you on the court. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that to me was so symbolic of everything that the Toronto Raptors are right now. That should tell you everything about the culture of the franchise and, you know, what Fred and Pascal and Scotty and OG and Gary Trent, and Nick Nurse, Mazai Bobby, you know, everybody is about. And it's sure. just, it was so funny to me because like I said, on one hand, you're honoring this guy who's, you know, done so much for the franchise, spent nine meaningful years here. You know, he got there when he was 26, left when he was like, well, last season. So 34, I think. But um, mm. nonetheless, I thought that was a really, really cool moment um, just because I could take I could take pride in that. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, that's a that's a funny one. It's a funny thing that how, how that kind of worked out um, with Kyle. I mean, during uh, their intro, uh, I could just look, I was looking at the Miami Heat broadcast because they actually had just an ISO cam on Kyle during the Raptors right. introductions. And he was just like looking at them. And that might've been one of the reasons why that happened is that uh, they were playing that song. He's like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I haven't gone to a game yet this year because of like COVID and stuff like that. So I've been very, very yeah, careful, yeah. but just, I don't actually know if that is their intro song. I haven't actually, I don't know, maybe probably people who are going to watch this video be like, what are you talking about? Of course, it's been like that all year, but um, it yeah. is, it's like their identity and how they are. It's, this is what it is. This is who they are, is that um, they have no friends in the industry and that absolutely, absolutely. Even winning, Kyle Lowry. They are. Yeah. It is about who they are and their identity. They play a hard-nosed brand of basketball. It's about the Toronto Raptors and not the other team. And if they lose, it's because the Raptors didn't do something wrong or didn't do something right. It's because, that's why, right? It's not that the other Absolutely. team beat them. The Raptors lost. It's like their vision. It's their winning mentality. And that's one of the things that actually Kyle Lowry was a big part of building is that it's about accountability Absolutely. and who we are and how we play. And the other team, like there's the other team. If we do our job, we're probably going to win the game. Um that's a funny one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed, I mean, enjoyed seeing that he just actually had a good game. And I talked about it earlier on today, but uh, in this podcast is that he just, he came in and he missed his first few shots. And I mean, that's okay. First, first few um, open threes were missed and that's no biggie, but then he really did settle down. And the fact that the Raptors know that he is just a pick and roll savant and they still couldn't stop it it pretty much tells you what Kyle Lowry is. Like he is a perfectionist when it comes to that pick and roll game, him and Bim out of a while have this like incredible oh, yeah. chemistry. And he's just always three steps ahead, even though teams are watching all kinds of film on that pick and roll. It doesn't matter because he's still three, four steps ahead. And I mean, he had 10 assists for a reason. He was early on in the game. He was uh, using that pick and roll to uh, make shots for himself for bam he was navigating through it and finding open shooters i mean we know about the shooters at the miami heat have they were ridiculous oh, yeah. <laughs> last yeah. night it was stupid how many shots they made granted a lot of them were open and that's kind of part of the raptors flawed defense and some guys not really uh focusing on the coverages and doing their job properly we'll get to that in a second but in the end mm -hmm. it was just cool seeing that uh he came back he had a great game and he's not going to impact the game the same way that, like a Kawhi or damar come when they came back like both those guys i mean Kawhi had a decent game demar didn't have a great game you guys remember that moment where you know Kawhi stole the ball kyle and Kawhi stole the ball from him yeah raptors win but i mean 
Marta's or Kyle's just like, he's not the kind of player. He's a point guard. He's a pass first player. You got to like pull his arm to actually take a shot these days because he just won't do it. But I think, I think we'll probably see that change a little bit in the playoffs. I think he's going to, we're going to see a much more aggressive Kyle Lowry, but anyways, he's more about focusing on getting good shots for his team and making sure that their, their offense is flowing well, but uh, had a couple of nice shots last night. Uh, definitely abuse Ken Birch a little bit in the pick and roll. Oh man. It is yeah. what it is. Not just Ken that's, Birch, that's, everyone, but yeah. That's the thing with Kyle is that he's so crafty when it comes to the pick and roll. And when you give him somebody like Bam Adebayo, who is just so mm -hmm. good on the inside. I mean, if Bam really, if he like gets a mid range, then it really unlocks his game and takes it to another level. But, yeah. you know, still, Bam Adebayo is a big brute guy. And, you know, that definitely, definitely played a huge part in, you know, the circles that Kyle ran around Kemper's last night. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he even got Pascal on his back a few times. And that, again, the pick oh, and yeah. roll where like Kyle just like puts his big caboose on you and he's oh, like, oh, my God, yeah. he creates yeah. that space and the little small two on, two on one around the, around the rim. He was great, man. He had a, he had a terrific game. Um, damn. Absolutely. I wanted, I wanted that game. Absolutely. And it was just, <laughs> it was a five point game. It ended up being a five point game. Couldn't have been closer. I think the Raptors were actually favored by five points. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess my, Miami ended up covering and um, that's who I thought was going to, I thought Miami was going to cover. I thought Toronto was going to win, but mm -hmm. ultimately, you know, I mean, it, now they, they, they split the season series, Miami and Toronto. So, you know, but you know, nothing beats that triple overtime uh, thriller that they had, I think back in February or March, oh, earlier March. Wild. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, let's get back to getting back to last night. I mean, honestly, I, I, I think that um, Kyle probably had one of his better games this season. And I think that being in Toronto and, you know, definitely added to it. I felt like there was some sort of flair, obviously, because, you know, mm -hmm. he's, he's still going one-on-one -on -one with the guy he took under his wing, Fred Van Vliet. So, I mean, that, that definitely, I think, played a part in it. That gave him a little bit of extra juice. You know what I mean? And Freddie had that too. We talked about it after oh, the game. Oh, Freddie he's had like, that too. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I came out and um, he wanted to show his best because he felt like Kyle deserved that is essentially what he said. And he was a few threes away from breaking that three point record. And we're like, Oh, is he going to do it against Kyle? That'd be kind of cool. Did in the first quarter. He had seven. He did in points. the first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and he, and yeah. he also hit a, a pull up transition three, as we know, Kyle Lowry, he loves those ones. Absolutely. That's his, that's his jam. And he was, pretty much yeah. doing what uh, Kyle Lowry would do. He'd come out strong, lead the team. Uh, before the game, they're in the huddle. And if you could read lips, I was able to kind of make it out. Oh, He's like, yeah. let's go get this effing win. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. they didn't. But he came out very <laughs> yeah. focused, right? And uh, you can yeah. kind of see uh, how that uh, the influence of Kyle really does show in every part of his game. Even like uh, pregame, Kyle Lowry was talking about um, – how Fred learned so much about uh, his footwork around the three-point line and how to how to navigate angles and how to get your your feet placed properly so that way you can get your shot off quickly because when Fred entered the NBA in the first few years too like his his shot was he has a pretty slow release but he's mm -hmm. he sped it up so well through his footwork but like when it comes to like actually getting the ball from you know point A to point B and shooting it is kind of slow but his feet his footwork is like ridiculous. It's like next level. And a lot of that probably is attributed to what he's learned from Kyle Lowry, but it was another cool moment it was like in the second quarter, uh, Kyle was contesting a Fred shot and uh, he came went, went straight up arms up like this and Fred yeah. uh, finished over him. And there was a big smile on his face. 
little things like that, man. It was a, it was cool seeing how those two kind of fed off of each other. It's been alluded to that um, they never really practiced against each other because if they did, it would just get a little bit too heated, a little bit yeah, too much. Yeah, yeah. So Nick always kept them on on the same team. Um, yeah. As Fred a shooting guard, of course. So yeah, just seeing those two kind of go back and forth. Um, it was again very weird. Like first first second of the game, ball is dropped. Yeah. I'm looking at it. You got Fred on this side, Kyle on this side. I'm like, this does not look right. This is very strange. It is. It is. And there was one point in, in the first quarter, too, where Fred picked Kyle up about three quarters of the court, like, and yeah. started, you know, and it was, it was very, you know, it was, I think, right after Fred hit uh, a three and coming back, he picked Kyle up and almost picked the ball off of him, but it went yeah. out of bounds and but it was just – it was really interesting to see that. And I, I agree with you. For a second, I had to kind of blink twice to kind of get that – get that, you know, mm. that that sight. You get used to it, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's still weird seeing Lowry in a Miami Heat jersey and then Fred Van Vliet going one-on-one with him. It's just – it just – but you know what, though? It is, it is really cool to see that because it is the passing of the torch in a lot of ways, right? Mm. I mean, the one thing I took out of this – uh, more than anything is, is I was thinking to myself about this last night, like, yeah, we're calling Kyle Lowry the greatest Raptor of all time right now. What about in like 10 years when somebody else possibly pops into the conversation and now there's Scotty a debate Burns. over, Scotty Burns. over, and who's, and who the debate, and there's going to be a debate over who the greatest Raptor of all time is. And that to me is going to be probably the coolest moment. And that was, yeah. that was something that I think is really is really telling of how far the Raptors have come, not just in Toronto, not even just in Canada, but in the league. When you have to have a debate over who the greatest player is in franchise history, I mean, that's, you know, people debate mm-hmm. about who the greatest player of all time is right now between LeBron and Michael all the time. And cool, we'll leave that for a separate day. But yeah, to have that for the Raptors, I mean, you know, nobody would ever think that maybe 10 years ago, even even as, yeah even 10 years ago nobody would think that so championship changed it all man absolutely times, right it was Vince absolutely. Carter and then pretty much everyone else although I will say that David Stoudemire does not get enough credit for his time with the Toronto Raptors how good he was he was <laughs> yeah. like a player who's averaging 24 and 10 in his rookie season that is special was it um, 24 and 10 it was something like that yeah it was like 24 okay, and 10 right. and that's why he won rookie of the year he was ridiculous granted I mean how he progressed in the rest of his career. I mean, that might've been one of uh, the peaks, right? But right. still 24 and 10 in his first season as a, as an NBA player on an expansion franchise, when he was the focal point, Muddy Mouse was legit. Anyways, yeah. back to Kyle Lowry, your next moments. Yeah. So I would think, I would say like the next uh, coolest moment, in my opinion, I would say is probably when uh, Fred actually passed him. It was about, uh, I have my notes here. It was about, I think five, I think it was eight. No, no, it was five thirty-ish left to go in the first. Yeah, and it was Fred passing Kyle to become uh, the you know Raptors all-time three-point field goals made leader, and that was just so cool because you saw and, the uh, Raptors do three-point field goals in a season. In a season, clear. sorry, yes, sorry, yes, yeah, yes. in yeah, a season, yeah. yeah. And so that was really cool, and especially for it to happen, um, you know, last night against Kyle. And I think in mm. pregame too, Kyle was talking about, it might've been pregame or postgame. Oh no, no, it was pregame. Cause Kyle was talking about how um, he, he was hoping he'd, he'd been paying attention to, to Fred creeping up on his number. And 
he was saying, you know, I don't know if he's going to get it tonight. I hope he gets it tonight. Um, and you know, whatever, or he said something, he said something funny along the lines of, you know, I, I don't want him to get it against me or something, but, yeah. um, it was just, it was so, so poetic too, because it was, you know, you, you finally have Kyle and Fred going up against each other in, in an official NBA game. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it's like, yeah, the, the past meets the present, mm-hmm. um, there's just so many different angles you could like look at that and analyze it from. But for me, it was just as simple as, you know, a student passing the teacher um, for that, yeah. for that particular record. Yeah, that was a cool one. Man. And uh, we're going to see where Fred Van Bleet ends up this season. Cause uh, it's been cool seeing him look a little bit healthier over these last yeah. few games. Um, we know where, where he was a few weeks ago. It looked like he couldn't, he could barely walk. <laughs> Gosh, absolutely that was absolutely. very depressing but that's uh, scary yeah yeah but he's uh he's kind of finding his stride now and maybe alex mckechnie man he's a he's a magician maybe he's doing good stuff over there um other things that came to mind i mean it's probably kind of obvious but the ovation and like the video absolutely. tribute um i love seeing like kyle he was so he was so focused on making sure that his kids were right beside him and there was like a good like 15 second chunk where he's like, come here, come here. And they just, I mean, their kid, they're probably just like, you want to just walk across the court? He's like, yes, I want you to walk across the court because he wanted his kids beside him for that moment. And if you guys know yeah. Kyle's story, he is a player who, or a person who didn't have much of a fatherly influence. And he's been the exact opposite for his kids. He wants them to share in every moment he has. He wants to be every part of their lives as much as possible. And um just seeing like that little moment and like you know, that little moment in the video too, where uh, in the bubble, his kids were doing the intros. But I mean, all the kids were doing the intros for all the Raptors players. And there were only a few moments where Kyle actually smiled during the tribute video. And that was one of them. And uh, it was just cool seeing like him kind of take those steps. And um, as a man too, right. The other thing that I wanted to talk yeah. about too was like after the game, there's like this really cool photo of Masai and Kyle. Uh, sharing a moment and you just think of like their turbulent relationship and you want to talk like player growth uh, growth as a person growth as a man there it is like they were not on good terms Dwayne Casey and Kyle not on good terms you think of Kyle earlier on his career like he was a prickly guy that a lot of people probably didn't like teammates coaches yada yada go down the list but now you think of like a Giannis um, and Embiid uh, CP3 Jimmy Butler these are star players um, the so some of the greatest players in the NBA at the moment, and they're all just speaking how great a person that Kyle Lowry is. And that's, these are things that have happened over the past few years, but they're just, they're acknowledging that part of his game and uh, the person that Kyle is. And he wasn't always like that. And that's where we talk about, you know, how he's grown as a person. And he says, I become a man in Toronto. That's what he's talking about, right? He yeah. had his, his ideologies, his stubbornness, and that granted that is still there. But as a person, as a teammate, you will not question how good of a person he is. And I'm sure there are people who would disagree with that. Ben Simmons, Aaron Gordon, but that's okay. Yeah. That's their problems. <laughs> you mm. poked the bear. And so you got the horn. Yeah. That's all it was. But yeah. uh, Kyle Lowry, he's really etched his, like his, his legacy in the NBA as one of the most likable people um, during his time. And you think about what really is valued when you look back on your career, your life, when you're 70, 80 years old or whatever, and they're going to be viewing him as, you know, that guy who was just a good person who cared about people. And I got that feeling from that ovation. It was different from DeMar's because DeMar's was like, I mean, there was a, a mutual like uh, admiration, a respect, a love as well. But like Kyle's was like, 
he was beloved during that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about the crowd cheering and his reactions. He said he wasn't going to cry and he did not cry. So kudos to that because he didn't want to get made fun of by his teammates. Um, (laughs) But how many players have gotten an ovation like that? I mean, CP3, back to the Hornets franchise, um, Clippers, DeMar, of course, Paul Pierce. Probably LeBron going back to Cleveland, I think. When the they, you know, time around. the second, the time, second around. time around, yeah, because yes, then right? you know they they saw it was bigger than basketball on the exactly. on the jumbotron, right. right? So I mean, no, to your point, absolutely. I think uh, I think there's no, I can't think of a reception that was warmer than than what Kyle got last night, and I think it was completely deserved, and and mm-hmm. that nobody's going to dispute that, and if anybody does, it's it's clear lunacy on their part. In terms of when he, you know, him and Mazai's relationship, it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember at a point in the championship season, obviously before they won, um, Kyle was doing a sit down with Rachel Nichols and she asked him, you know, what's your, what's your relationship like with Masai Ujiri? And he's like, uh, you know, he's the president, he's the president, he's the president. And, you know, you can kind of just get the, get the understanding. Like Kyle still had a little bit of sour grapes over the DeMar thing and and totally understandable because, you know, they're like their family, you know, they're, they're boys, Mm -hmm. they're brothers through and through. Then you fast forward to the moment where they win the championship in San Francisco. And Kyle is, you know, Mazai has that incident where the police officer, you know, whatever happened. And Kyle is like, you know, don't worry about him. Don't worry. F him. Like, come on, come on the court. And Kyle's pulling Mazai and Kyle's bringing Mazai and Kyle's like, you know, you know, warming, like trying to embrace Mazai. And he's just kind of like trying to comfort him. You know what I mean? He's like, this is all you. This is like, you know, he's just he's just trying to trying to have a moment with him. And, sure. and you know, it was just it was just so so interesting to like note that those two things like those, uh, you know, that sit down with uh, with Nichols and then that incident, you know, when they when they eventually won yeah. that happened in the same season. So it, it goes to show like even in that season, like maybe Kyle, like, you know, went from being that that player that you were talking about to now he's now he's like this grown mature man this professional that you know Mm -hmm. nobody in toronto can say a bad word about because that's the kind of person he is and you know mazai definitely showed him that loyalty as well and and you know i i think that that speaks volumes to not even just how how much the organization loves him uh loves kyle but just also how much he is respected and revered here you know what i mean it's special, man. It's a special relationship. It's been said like nonstop over the past few days. Like it's just different with Kyle. And when the statue does come up, someone put a statue up of, of Kyle outside the yeah. uh, <laughs> arena. That was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it's just a different kind of relationship. And I mentioned like the times that I saw Kyle actually smile during the video tribute. The other time was when Masai said during some sort of uh press conference he's like Kyle Lowry is the greatest Raptor of all time that's the other time that he smiled um yeah, yeah their relationship is it's so it's so cool and it was talked about in that Players Tribune piece that uh, Kyle did before he came to Toronto and when where he said like this conversation between you and I Masai and Kyle is, is BS this is after the trade finally happened to the Miami Heat because he's saying like this means nothing this doesn't change anything like I'm I'm going to be part of your life forever. So me yeah, doing yeah. this like official, like, oh, well, thank you for your service. Like, it doesn't matter. It's stupid because you and I, yeah. like we are, this is much bigger than basketball, little brother, big brother. That's what it is. So let's just like squash this and let's move on. And I'll probably see you in a few days. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, Talk to you tomorrow. yeah. Um, another one for you, sir. 
So I was thinking also, I mean, I, I think overall just, you know, when, when um, they were like matching up, like, you know, Fred, I think Kyle going over to, you know, talk to all of them and just saying like, Hey, what's going on? You know, you could see that there was like some sort of um, there was, there was a lot of love between them, but then you could yeah. also see that they, they were trying not to get too caught up in, in the love fest, I guess you could say, because, sure. you know, they were just also focused on the game. So for me, I think that was something that, that definitely stuck out to it. It contributes to it, you know, kind of the, the no friends in the industry thing that I was saying earlier, yeah. but I think ultimately like that has to be something that definitely accounted for like, you know, having seen the guys that are, that are there and happy to see him, um, you know, and he did mention, you know, after the game, uh, Kyle did say like, you know, Scotty's an amazing talent. He's going to be an amazing player. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I think, I think that that was really cool to see. And, um, I saw something on Twitter too. Um, and it was, somebody said something like, you know, imagine how good Scotty could be if Kyle was still here. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think that way, but I think it would have been a very cool dynamic to see Scotty mm -hmm. learn from Kyle. Um, but I, with that being said, I, I think that ultimately, you know, the, the reception between the players and just the exchanges between the players, it was, re it was really cool to see them yeah. uh, <clears throat> before the game. And, you know, it was, it was just like, you know, but big brother still got the W and that's, you know, that's something that, that does uh, sting yeah. a little bit. We'll get him, we'll get him next year then. But, Who knows, man, yeah. maybe in the playoffs, you know, you don't know. No that's what i'm thinking that's, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely abs absolutely so i mean i think that the exchange between the players was also very cool because you know you have the cordial uh relationships but at the same time you know they they go back to like i want to kill you i want to kill you on the court yeah it doesn't yeah. matter it doesn't matter that we love you we still want to beat yeah. you <laughs> you know what i mean you know on that so. uh, heat broadcast when the raptors were doing their their intros and their you know that song was playing uh they had an isolation camera on kyle and you can kind of i feel like you could see him kind of enter game mode where he was asleep, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's time to lock yeah, in yeah. and they had that camera on him for like 25 30 seconds and you know a few of his teammates bam comes up um head coaches come or coaches come up jimmy butler comes up they're all dapping him up saying you know congrats like that was cool and everything like that but then he just like kind of like does like a switch almost where it's like yeah. it's time to win now and yeah. uh right before the whistle blew like you would think that there was maybe something between like fred and kyle and pascal on the court there was nothing because they're like yeah. you're on this side i'm on this side it's time to get a win um yeah that uh that culture man it's what it is is that this is game time and it's time to start yeah. winning games and unfortunately the raptors did not win the game it was very annoying but anyways sticking to the subject um <clears throat> i did, did really enjoy post game too and yeah. again i'm alluding to like the uh the heat broadcast because um they had like there were a few photos on getty that i saw after the game of kyle like you know being with friends and uh shaking hands and stuff like that and uh you look on that broadcast and on it he said that you guys just witness you know some of the greatest fans in the world and yeah. then afterwards like there's people yelling behind him he goes shakes hands and it's like a 68 second clip that i found and that's the first thing he did he like he greets fans he signs some autographs he's on the court he blows some kisses he takes a lid for a second. That's when I think actually he was about to cry because he yeah. wasn't going to do a pregame because he was so focused on it. But like, it felt like he was releasing at that moment and he was looking around and the game's over. There's less emotions at that moment. You're just kind of yeah. looking and taking it all in. And that's when I thought he was about to shed a tear, but he didn't, did not, which was okay. He didn't. And then, I thought he was about to during uh, the video package. There was a point at, when he was at center court, actually, that I yeah. thought he was about to as well. But um, yeah, to your point, he didn't, he didn't crack at all. No, I think I got close though. And then after, yeah. And then post game, like, 
he had two game balls. He gave one to the Raptors PR person and then he took the other one. And that's um, after that point, that's when we got that legendary photo, which I'm going to put in the YouTube video. If you guys want to watch that as well, uh, I'll put it around here because that was really special too. Um, yeah. Special yeah, night, yeah. man. Very, very cool. I wish, uh, I hope, you know, good things happen for, for him for sure this season. I just hope that doesn't happen against the Toronto Raptors. Absolutely. Is that so bad? Is that so bad? <laughs> Not at all, man. <laughs> there's another there's another point in the game that I actually I thought this was really encouraging and for the Raptors. And it was like more encouraging for like the future more than anything. And and maybe even as soon as the playoffs, but it didn't necessarily pertain to Kyle. It was more so about Scotty. Yeah. And you know, everyone's already on that train. And I know it's been said a million times, but um you know, Scotty, I think one possession he went from guarding Bam to guarding uh, Lowry or, or mm. Hero. And I was like, you know, there's not very many players in the league that can that can make that defensive adjustment. You know what yeah. I mean? And it just goes to show like that Scotty is 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 a lot of everything. And although he still has, you know, things he needs to develop. This is this is a player that, without a doubt, is going to be such an important part of the Raptors' future. You know what I mean? And it, as soon as the playoffs, too. So um, that to me was like really interesting. Did you did you did you pick up on that, or did you see that? I didn't actually. I mean, it feels like it's kind of just part of the course, right? With with Scotty, <laughs> is that he guards everyone and Pascal guards everyone. Yeah, yeah. A moment that yeah. did stick out to me though, it's kind of in the similar vein, is that I saw Fred. He subbed in for Precious Tachua. And I'm just like, these things are so weird. I think it was like in the second half at some yeah. point. And I'm like, this, this Raptors team, man, because they had like that young on the court and Pascal and yeah. I'm sure Scotty. And so that's like a switch that you probably see. But usually it's like, you know, small forward for small forward, shooting guard for shooting guard, point guard for point guard, center for center. But this was Precious yeah. Achua coming in or, or going out and Fred Van Vliet coming in. I'm like, man, this team is so wacky. Yeah. I love it. To your, po- to your point, you mentioned Thad Young and there was another moment that they stuck out to me that I think is is also going to help like, you know, the Raptors. And it's really, it shows why like Dad Young is probably the best veteran presence. You can- Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com bring into a locker room um yeah. and you know it wasn't as it was more of his play so I guess it doesn't have much to do with his mentality but he was uh he was right beneath the basket but I, I think Bam was on him or somebody was on him and he did an overhead pass to uh the corner behind him and it was to either Gary Trent or it was to uh Boucher and and they nailed the three but I mean yeah. that's that's like something you know you don't see very many Raptors doing Pascal of course he drives and kicks out uh, Scotty, obviously he can, you know, make the passes and he does those one hand passes, but I mean, you know, to have a presence like that young down low, who isn't necessarily the most offensively threatening player anymore, like, you know, the way he used to be, well, he wasn't really that great, but anyway, um, I got you. it was just, I got you. it was, 
it was just um it was just it was just really like wow okay that's gonna come in handy in the playoffs if you yeah. know the raptors need to kick it out um and you know if somebody's in the corner you know what i mean it it was just really like cool to see that because it opens up so many different possibilities um for toronto on that end so that's what i thought was really interesting is that's behind the pack pass or over the head pass yeah once again a uh, lack of three-point shooting reared its ugly head um the raptors yeah. shot 30 percent from three and usually when they don't shoot from three very well they lose the game and here we are scotty barnes was three of nine I mean, a lot of those shots are wide open and Miami had a game plan. We're like, we're going to make sure that, uh, you know, the person that's guarding Scotty is going to be, you know, hanging around the paint, clogging it up. And we're going to see if Scotty Barnes can hit a lot of threes, wide, wide open threes. And one of them was a little bit contested, but for the most part, those were wide open shots. And this is like the degree of difficulty of the shots is important. Like, you know, Gary Trent Jr. Going three of eight from three is different from Scotty Barnes going three of nine, just because of the kind of shots that you're getting. If Scotty Bar- or if Gary Trent's getting the same shots as Scotty's getting, he's probably going to go for like six of nine or something like that. Um, yeah. Again, this is all the maturation, like OG missing. We've, we've seen it nonstop. When he's out, it is a problem. Or when Gary Trent Jr. is out, like their starting lineup is very important to them um, because of that three-point shooting. And um, because they're missing OG, that allowed them to clog the paint and the Raptors had to hit threes. And unfortunately, they did not. And so, yeah, that's kind of the story that happened there. It really came down to that. And obviously, the defensive end, Tyler Hero carved them up in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Damn. And yeah. uh, he was one of those players that people were just like, oh, do we want him back in a Kyle Lowry <laughs> sign and trade? Prestachua? No, we don't want Tyler Hero. Like, no, we want Tyler Hero. Granted, he yeah. doesn't really fit the mold of what the Raptors are, you know, their ideology and their methodology and, you know, 6 9 across the board, yada, yada, yada. But, man, he was he was dishing in that fourth quarter. He had six assists. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. blowing by people. He blew by Pascal a couple of times. He blew by uh, Precious Achua. He blew by Gary Trent Jr. And he was creating wide open threes for players like Max Strauss, who guess what? Went yeah. seven of nine from three. Um, yeah. He was uh, pretty impressive. And, you know, the Raptors, uh, I think there was a bit of this was like, you know, a blown defensive coverages. I think uh, Nick kind of talked about it after the game too. And I think they did want to double the ball in those pick and roll situations and uh, they just were, were very slow at it. And if you're slow with your set, with your doubles along the perimeter, guess what? You're just creating like all kinds of passing avenues, left, mm-hmm. right, center, east, west, yada, yada, yada. And so you're just asking a player to make those open passes and Tyler did it. He did a great job with it. And uh, I think that's probably the biggest takeaway from the Raptors losing this game. Granted three point shooting was bad. And, you know, we, we hope that sometimes some players like uh, a Thad Young, Chris Boucher, players like that are going to hit their wide open threes. It's a big part of why the Raptors can lose or win a game when their starters or one of the starters are, aren't playing. But outside of that, like defensively, that was one of their, probably their worst games in a little while, yeah. just because of that very fact that it looked like mm-hmm. at times they didn't know what they were doing. And that was, those were some of the things that we were so annoying earlier on the season. We're just like, what are they trying to do on offense or defense? And right. it turned out is because right. there was assorted players blowing coverages and that's what happened. Absolutely. And, and when you consider too, you know, Tyler hero is, is very likely uh, to win six man of the year. I, I mean, maybe there's a, there's other candidates out there, but I, I think in my mind, he's, he's the obvious choice. Yeah. The other thing is Miami is also entering yesterday's uh, contest. Miami was number one in the NBA at three point shooting. I'm sure that's still accurate as of today. Mm-hmm. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, when you don't shoot the three well and then when you also don't guard it very well i mean yeah. you're, you're gonna you're gonna in the in today's league that's the sword you're gonna fall on you're ultimately 
ultimately that's just what it came down to. And, you know, when you talk about a guy like Tyler Hero, I mean, I was thinking if, if the, the Raptors are going to trade Lowry at the deadline last year, you know, to Miami, obviously Tyler Hero is the guy that, you know, we want back because, yeah, he doesn't fit the mold, but at the same time, he's somebody that fits the idea of what a commodity is in today's league. Sure, he's not a big brute on the inside, but he's a guy that can shoot it from deep and, you know, even shoot it from mid-range too. Mm-hmm. Um he's a threat. And so that's something that you need. He's almost like a Gary Trent Jr. He's, he's in the same mold as Gary Trent Jr. with a little bit more, I think, juice on the offensive end. And, and so, you know, while he may not be a defensive savant or like, you know, he may not have as fast hands as Gary, Gary does. And he's shown it that he does this year. I still think that Tyler hero is so crucial to everything Miami does. And you saw it last night. I mean, you know, he, he comes off the bench and, you know, he provides them with, you know, this, this option, this first option automatically. And, and he mm-hmm. can, he can get hot. And when he's on that and when he's, when he's, you know, when it's a heat check for him, it's like, he's just, he's just hitting everything and he can't yeah. miss. And, you know, whether he's blowing by defenders, whether he's getting open for a three, um, you know, you need to make sure that you're going over screens to follow him. You need to make sure that you're closing up. You can't give him any space to breathe. Sure. Like even you need to do like, he's the kind of shooter that you, you can't afford to let him get hot or else he's going to make you pay. And that's exactly what you saw yesterday. So, I mean, you know, the raps, obviously the three points, uh, defending it, three point shot, defending it and obviously shooting it is, is, is a process, but, or, uh, is, you know, it's, it's developing, but you know, come playoff time, it's going to be, hopefully it'll be easier to game plan against, but Mm. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, team shoots 47% from three over the course of a game. Probably not going to win that one. I keep forgetting no. that, you know, Tyler Hero is 6'5". He doesn't look like it on the court, but he's a tall dude. And someone mm-hmm. who can kind of move that fast, that agile, and who has that kind of footwork, like his step back is really hard to stop. And when he comes off those screens, man, like he's kind of flying, it seems like at times. And then he just oh, he kind is. of pull, he pulls right up into his shot. Like you can't how are you going to stop it? And this is what was so intriguing about him when he came into the NBA is that this guy, like it wasn't just like he was hitting lucky shots. He was hitting tough shots and he was doing it consistently last year was whatever. Um, that's fine. But you can really see like how he's matured into his offense. I don't know how much better he can get. It's one of those weird things. Like he's so good already. And I feel like he's kind of already reaching his peak for what his body type is. Um, yeah. make tweaks along the way. And that's, that's cool. But, uh, Anyways, like his shot making, um, it's going to be an asset for Miami. They need it because Jimmy Butler, he has his limitations on the offensive end. He can't really hit threes very well. And uh, that's why you need Tyler Hero, you know, down the stretch of games. You need him to be that secondary ball handler at times. You need him to be that third person outside of Kyle and Jimmy who's on the court, who can kind of like, you know, cut and, you know, roll off screens. And when they do a lot of like, you know, double actions where it's like with Spain pick and rolls, yada, yada, yada. Like they have a very... A movement heavy offense and it's kind of cool i love watching their offense that's why you know movement shooters mm-hmm. like max strauss and tyler hero are so valuable is that they just need like a second and their footwork is so good they can get their shot off so quickly and you know another reason why you know duncan robinson isn't really playing a lot right now is that it's because max strauss has taken his minutes and he's yeah, absolutely shots. absolutely yeah. seven of nine last night i mean how can Ooh. you how can you how can you take the guy off seven yeah. of nine like that's that's un- that's ridiculous. That's a good game for a guy mm-hmm. that I think he I don't even know if he was he was drafted or not if he went undrafted, but yeah. I know that he's a fairly new player to Miami. So I mean, 
you know, especially when you consider those shooters and, you know, maybe those shooters, if, if, if the thing is, is like Miami has a really interesting, um, you know, player of roster, like roster of players, because they have these, these shooters that you could say are, you know, either like, you know, above average to like elite, but then you also have a big man in the middle who is just, he's really good on, on, on the interior. And he's also mm-hmm. good at, you know, defending the paint. So I think that you have to, you have to figure out which you have to pick your poison at that point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You have to figure out whether you want to close them out on the three, which as you just mentioned, their footwork is is ridiculous. So it's going to be really hard to do that. Or if you want to, you know, sacrifice, you know, the three ball and let them take their chances with it. And, you know, maybe, defend bam on the inside it doesn't it doesn't matter you're you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't that's a situation where you just don't win you know what i mean and you got to find ways to clock the pain against them it's all you can really do and you're gonna have to give up something and probably a lot of the cases in the playoffs is going to be we're going to get we're going to give jimmy butler his space around the three-point line we're going to see if he can hit those deep deep twos or even i'll take that bet yeah yeah, and this is what it's going to come down to, bro. Absolutely. It's, this is going to decide if they win a championship or not, or if they get to the finals yeah. and Bam out of bio. He's got to be able to hit those like little jimmies. Um, that was a huge issue over the or last season and even in the bubble too, is that he just, he, if, unless it's the dunk, is like, is he going to be able to finish or lay up? Can he hit yeah. those shots? And, you know, to his credit, I think he's working on it. I think he's trying, but um, you're right. I mean, uh, defensively, he, he's the closest thing probably to like peak Draymond Green that we have yeah. right now. And that's kind of what, we want Scotty Barnes to end up being in some ways too, is like that person yeah. who's just everywhere in the paint, who's like guarding on the perimeter, who's, you know, helping, uh, helping around the rim, who's rushing at shooters that you want him to be everything. And that's what Scotty is hopefully going to become at some point. Um, tall, Absolutely. tall mountain to climb. Um, but I mean, that's, yeah. uh, that's his task. He'll really work out, work that out. Uh, Victor Oladipo is one thing I wanted to mention too, is because it's really cool yeah. to kind of find his stride again, man. He's had a mm-hmm. rough couple of years here, and he had a shot at who was against. I think it was um, Precious Achua. It was a step back three that he hit, and he like stopped on a dime, went around his back, and then did a step back. And I was like, man, that's like ISO Depot, the one that we remembered. And yeah. I hope he can kind of find his his groove because that's another player we talk about the keys to the Miami oh, yeah. championship. If he's able to come off the bench and be that spark plug changes everything about them oh that absolutely become really hard yeah. to guard like really and hard the thing the thing is depot isn't even i i is is he, he like he's still not even that far removed from being um you know the player the all-around uh player that he was in indiana you know what i mean i mean yeah he's had some rough he's had he's had a rough go and you know he's been injured and um but i mean if he can even become like 60 percent of that from miami I mean, that's, that's a scary deep team. Like Miami has, has the, has depth, like, honestly, it, it, it really does amaze me how yeah. deep this team is, you know what I mean? Um, but you're, you know, you're right. If, if, if Depot can come off and if he can, you know, be that guy that he was like, mm-hmm. you know, even a shell of it, then, I mean, this is going to be a really hard team to beat. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I'm just, I'm, I still can't believe that they have him. And I have like Tyler Hero coming off the bench. It's like, where, yeah. like, how do you, how do you even construct the roster like that? But I mean, All that's the luxury for them. They got size yeah. too. We didn't even talk about this earlier on, but like they're missing three rotation players last night because they're on yeah. a back-to-back as well. They had just beat the Bulls in a really impressive fashion and mm-hmm. no Deadman, no Vincent, no Butler, different players have different roles on the team, but they're all rotation pieces. No Tucker either. 
Yeah, no Tucker. Absolutely. Yeah. No PJ Tucker. Yeah. So um, yeah, they, they really dug in there and it was a pretty impressive win, especially on an emotional night for everyone. That oh, was yeah. impressive, but enough about the Miami heat. Jeez. Way too much Miami <laughs> heat talk. Gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Rappers. Yes. Yes. Um, let's start here. Okay. OG and Anobi, right? So he missed yesterday's game and I looked it up mm-hmm. because I was curious because every time he misses a game, it feels like, man, we miss OG and Anobi, but what's the record? And so he's missed 31 games this year and they are 14 and 17 when he misses games and mm-hmm. 31 and 16 when he plays. This is the importance of OG and Anobi. And also, like we talked about earlier, I mean, Tyler Hero was going off, Victor Oladipo was going off. He is their best perimeter defender, right? And mm-hmm. there's no like maybe kind of this, that, you know, he is their best perimeter defender. And if he has a healthy season, he would probably be in the conversation for defense player of the year because he's that good. He just can't freaking seem to be healthy. And I hope that this thigh contusion isn't a long-term thing. But once again, it, it's, it was reiterated to, reiterated to us that he is irreplaceable on the on the Raptors Absolutely. roster, and he is so important to what they do on both ends. And uh, yeah, I I hope he's good to go. I just want to see like a healthy Raptors team this week at some point. Like no limping Fred, no you know Gary Trent Jr. being like I can't really move my finger very well. Enough of yeah. that. Give me one game before yeah. the playoffs where I see the Raptors healthy and I'm good. Just one. Yeah, game. and that's that's the that's the good thing too is that. You know, they they have one of the easiest remaining schedules left. Um, but, you know, I am with you on I'll touch on, on the OG thing real quick before we before we get to that. But the OG yeah. thing, I mean, and, you know, he's so important to everything they do. Like you said, he opens up the floor for them. And I mean, you know, he's he's a catch and shoot three and D guy. And that's what I love about him is, is yeah, you're, to your point, it doesn't seem like, you know, when he's gone, it feels like he's gone for a while. Um, and you know, it feels like the impact is like so heavy at times yeah. you think, okay, well, you know, him and Scotty are, I don't know, at times I've felt that, you know, because of their, their bodies that they are interchangeable, but that's really not the case at all. No, they are not. not, they're completely different players. And, you know, but o- OG is like, is such a good three and D player. Like he is one of the premier three and D players in the yes. league, at least in my opinion. Um, and you know when he's gone, it it hurts the Raptors as as we saw last night. I you know that's just yeah. Yeah, um, I mean this week uh, looking at the schedule, you mentioned that they have one of the easiest ones remaining. But how easy yeah. is it? We talked about another podcast, but uh, yeah. So the, the Hawks tomorrow, 76ers. Danny Green finally gets his ring. Absolutely. Ooh. Out of boy, there we go. Anyone curious? I did speak to Danny Green around Christmas time. I spoke to him after uh, he decided that he wasn't going to come to Toronto at that point. At that moment, granted, right. the reason why, not to spoil it, but the reason why he didn't come back then is because he got COVID and everyone in his family got COVID. And some were saying, "No, just get your ring, bro. You're not that guy. You're not Kyle." Like, no, man, you only win so many NBA rings, okay? So you should yeah. get it in the fashion that you want. You want your family beside you, just like Kyle did. You want fans there. You want to be to be celebrated in the, in the proper way. And so I don't blame him, man. Like, if he's that patient. All. And I learned during Green Room that he is a very patient man. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. He's doing the proper way. And uh, yeah. I'm happy that he's going to get this in the proper fashion. I think he's going to be doing some events tomorrow. So anyone looking for, for that, I think uh, him and Harrison, they're doing something at uh, the rec room in Toronto. So if you want to check it out, give her, but nice. I'm happy he's going to get his ring finally in front of, you know, the capacity fan base that he absolutely deserved. Um, after that, they got a back-to-back uh, against the 76ers and they got the Rockets on Friday. And then the final game of the season is on the road against the Knicks. Um, there could be yeah. implications for that one. Still, you know, RJ Barrett, man, like he's, he 
He's averaging about 25, I think, over the last 10. Like, he's not going to be an easy guy to show. Even though Julius Randle may not be in, I mean, R.J. Barrett's going to be tough. And, you know, these teams that have nothing left, I mean, Atlanta's probably, like, I mean, Atlanta and Philly, obviously. I'm more scared of Atlanta right now because Atlanta's playing for a spot in the play-in. And, you know, sure. they want to – they want to – they're hungrier than probably any of the opponents the Raptors have left. Yeah. I mean, you know – I think that they really want to prove themselves. And I think that they also want to, um, you know, improve their positioning because I don't know what the current layout of it is, but I don't think any team, you know, within that bottom four, I think it's Cleveland, Brooklyn. Um, I think it's Atlanta and Charlotte. I, mm. I don't think any, not, none of those teams want to face Brooklyn. Okay. None of those teams want to face Brooklyn. And Brooklyn they is look vulnerable, I, though. I'm just going to say they look vulnerable. They don't look like uh, the team that we thought they were going to be. Granted, you know, I think isn't yeah. there. But uh, yeah, yeah. anyway, yes, go on. But no, obviously, I was, in a one game winner take all, do I want to face Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? No, absolutely yeah. not. Absolutely not. Even though Atlanta beats Brooklyn, I think a couple nights ago, or maybe it was it was last night when Katie had 55. But but regardless, um, you know, I think Atlanta is going to be a tougher test for Toronto tomorrow night than Philly will be. Uh, I think the night after it is. Mm. That's just my opinion because, yeah, like I said, Atlanta, Atlanta, while they are, you know, lower in the standings, they have more to play for. Philly right now, they have home court advantage. They are in the playoffs. And, you know, I think that it will be a good test because I, based on, based on where the standings are right now, I think the Raptors, are they the sixth seed now? Because yes. they lost that and they ha- yes. they don't have the tiebreaker with Chicago. I know that. Um, so right now it looks like they'd be facing Philly. I think Philly's the third mm. seed, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, I don't know why, but the Sixers, man, have just never really scared me. Even with Harden, even with Embiid, you know, those guys, especially on defense, I feel like they're very, very – it's easy to expose them. You know what I mean? On the defensive end. I think that's where the Raptors – that's where the Raptors need to go is, like, attack them, you know, obviously on offense. But, yeah, in terms of their, their games that they have left, I think one is even against uh, – so it's, yeah, it's it's Atlanta, it's Philly, and it's um, New York, and then there's one more, you said, right? Yeah, geez, I already forgot it. What's going on? <laughs> uh, Rockets. Sorry. Yeah. Rockets. Rockets. On, uh, Friday so night. then yeah, Houston, Houston isn't more of Houston isn't, isn't Houston is Houston. You know what I mean? Like they're rebuilding yeah, right now as game. well. So, I mean, yeah, I would say of the remaining four games that they have, uh, Atlanta is the one I'd be probably the most cautious about. Sure. And in both those games, it's one of the things in the NBA now, man, is that like we can say, oh, you know, Tankathon, this is a schedule, easiest remaining, yada, yada. It's really yeah, hard yeah. to win in the NBA. Like the Atlanta yeah. Hawks are no joke. They're, uh, you know, what they're playing for is that they want home court in the plan. And right now they don't have that because the Cavaliers do. Mm-hmm. They're a game and a half back. So you want, you know, especially in a winner, a winner take all, that kind of thing, you definitely want home court. And Trey Young, he had 41 and 11 against the Raptors last time they played. That was when they had a very hobbled Fred Van Vliet. But hey, he is a very good player, and you don't want anything to do with him. Like he is the pick and roll. He can pull up from Lowry. anywhere on the court. Yeah, like man. he can pull up from anywhere on the court. We talk about you know players who are incredible in the pick and roll. Trey Young yeah. is incredible in the pick and roll, and uh, I think the Raptors, you know, they're going to have their their hands uh, pretty full in that matchup. So. Two very competitive games, but I will say that I still feel like the Raptors end up being fifth because um, if you don't know people, the Chicago Bulls, their schedule coming up, 
They got the Bucks on Tuesday. They got the Celtics on Wednesday. So that's a back-to-back. The Hornets on Friday. And then Sunday, they close up the season on the road against the Timberwolves. That is not easy, man. Um, So I know I did just say that you can lose on any given night, but that is a schedule where a lot of teams in the NBA, they would actually just go 0-4. And the Bulls, we've seen that they're vulnerable against some of the elite teams. I don't have the record in front of me, but we know they got one of the worst winning percentages against teams above 500. So they, they got some issues and Zach Levine is a little bit hobbled. It seems like DeMar is doing what he can, but I feel like, you know, over the course of this week, we're going to see the Raptors take over that fifth spot and that's where they're going to end up. Um, mistakenly, we said earlier on that the Bucks uh, or that the 76ers were, were third. Um, they're actually fourth at the moment because the Bucks mm-hmm. and the 76ers are tied at uh, for third and fourth, but the Bucks have the tiebreaker. So at the moment, it seems like right. it's going to be one of those teams for the, for the Raptors. We'll have to see how that all shakes down, but they got to take care of business and, you know, seeing an effort like yesterday, they lose a game that's very winnable because that was a very competitive game. Your spirits were high, like you talked about earlier. Um, Both teams were executing Mm -hmm. at a pretty high level. They were working very hard, but it was like these small things in the margins where they lost. And that's where Miami really does thrive. That's where Kyle Lowry really does thrive. That's where Tyler Hero under the tutelage of Kyle Lowry really does thrive. And so that's why, you know, that's where the kind of things went wrong for them. But I want to see them kind of, you know, figure out their, get their defensive intensity back to where it was and get their defensive IQ collectively back to where it was because, you know, Trey Young in some ways, like it's the best matchup for them because they need to show that they, they're still that team, especially coming off the last time they faced where Trey Young was a problem. I want to see them oh find that God, mojo yeah. again. And uh, hopefully OG is back again by contusion. They sat him out. They said he was limping around a little bit. So, I mean, who knows? Like, you know, NBA yeah. doctors are incredible these days. Hopefully he's back for the next game. But because yeah. uh, they need him, especially against a person like Trey Young. But I got to see that intensity back, man. Like, they, this is playoff time. It's winning mode. I know Nick Nurse is back in winning mode because Thad Young is getting a lot more minutes. That's about how you know, like mm-hmm. you said earlier, that's how you know that Nick Nurse, like, like this is time to win. Right. This is it. This is it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I'm surprised that uh, Malachi Flynn didn't play yesterday. I thought maybe he would. He would see a little bit. Yeah. But uh, Armani Brooks got the the four or five minutes that probably Malachi, you would think, would have got. It is what it is. But yeah, um, that's kind of where I'm at with this week. Yeah, I I think I think for the most part, you know, we're going to see a large. These last four games are so important. And, you you know, you already said that, but. I think that, you know, the players that have the most to show, uh, the most to prove, you know, and don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't mean this in a, in a bad way at all. I think OG has, you know, a long way to come still, um, especially, you know, because just because of injuries, really, yeah. um, his impact on the court is, is obvious. That's without question. I think the other person that has a lot to prove is Gary Trent Jr. Because, mm. you know, at times you've seen him, without Fred Van Vliet on the court where, you know, he is not able to get much going. Now in the playoffs, it's a completely different atmosphere than in the regular season. Everybody sure. says that. And Gary Trent Jr., you know, he's been playing out of his mind. You know, there's one game he didn't start this year. And I think it was the first game of the season uh, where Nurse elected to go with uh, Goran Dragic. Good riddance. And, um, but, now, now this is this is Gary Trent Jr.'s you know spot. The two, the starting two is is Gary Trent Jr.'s spot, and I mean for most of the season, and I've I've been saying this, you know, he's been playing, he's been outplaying his contract, but he's already showing that this is 
You know, if he can, if he can, consistency for Gary Trent is like the number one key. And if he can continue this, I mean, he looks locked in. And you know, you watch him in his in his uh, post games and his pre games, and uh, you know, in his media scrums, and he sounds and looks focused, and he's saying all the things that you know would give you the idea that this guy's mm-hmm. locked in. I just think that when it comes to the playoffs, you know, he hasn't really performed on a stage that big yet. I think that's really going to show what his value is to this team. And I, I don't get me wrong. I think he's been, he's been great. He's been everything you could ask for. And in a way yeah. his season uh, accurately reflects that of the Raptors where, you know, the expectations you had uh, of them were surpassed. You know what I mean? Um, but Gary Trent Jr. I think has a lot to prove. I think, I want to see a lot from him in these in these next four games. I do want to, you know, see him close out the season strong. Um, and I want to see him start the playoffs strong. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. him and OG, that's why I think they have uh, the most to prove because, you know, we know what we're going to get. Fred is going to be – Fred is Fred. Uh, he might not shoot the ball at the most effective percentage, but he's going to be all hands on deck when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. He's always so active. Pascal Siakam um, – what can't that man do? I mean, honestly, he <laughs> excels at a lot of things. He's really good at a lot of things. He may not be perfect in every department, but man, if you need somebody on the Raptors could, to go get you a triple double, or if you need to like identify anybody that's as important yeah. to the Raptors as anybody else, Pascal Siakam is is my vote for most important player. Scotty, I'm, you know, at this point, anything uh, that he does well in the playoffs, I think is just going to be icing on the cake. If he does underperform in the playoffs, obviously you look at that and say, well, you know, maybe, maybe it's just, you know, it's his first playoffs. You can't really, yeah. you can't really, you know, think much of it. That's all you brush it up to. That's all you really chalk it up to is mm-hmm. it's his first playoffs. And he's already been asked to do a lot as a rookie. He's leading all rookies in minutes. He's I think third or fourth on the Raptors in minutes. And, yeah. you know, all five Raptors starters are top 40 in the NBA in minutes played. Um so that in itself speaks to the volumes of just how sure. much this team relies on its starters. So I think, you know, in terms of who I want to see the most from and who I think, you know, is really, really going to have to show the most, it's definitely going to be Gary Trent and OG. Yeah. Gary shot uh, 12 of 24 from three over his past three games. And the minutes are definitely there. Like you said, uh, 39 minutes, 43 minutes, 27 minutes in that Timberwolves game, because it was a blowout. So yeah, yeah, you think about players who could be X factors and he's one of those guys that could be like, he could tilt the court. And if he gets in one of those five minute stretches where he just like is hitting everything and he gets into that, like in fuego mode where just like, this guy's ridiculous. Like, how is he doing this? Um, He can do that. He can tilt the game in, in a very short amount of time. He's one of those players can get hot really quick and uh with scotty it's gonna probably be all about emotions like i think we kind of know the mo now that i think the teams are going to be making the raptors shoot threes they want to see like we've seen over the past little while they want to see thad young and chris boucher and precious Achua. they want to see those guys hit shots because they're comfortable with you know if we can limit pascal to 25 and yesterday he had 29 very meticulous with his offense he was so calculated man like he's different he's unbelievable he is so so good doesn't make mistakes he's so smart on the court um there were a couple of cases last night where it's not to you know derail the conversation but there were cases where i felt like fred kind of missed some open shooters and like you know you want gary Trent jr hitting open threes and shooting open threes and he missed gary a couple times but pascal 
He's not missing anyone, man. He's seeing everything on the court, and especially against a defense like Miami, where the paint where there was no space in there, everyone was collapsing, and he has to like make those like few extra moves in the moment just to create that bit more separation for his three-point shooters and he was doing that everything's on time it's not late it's not too early because if it's too early then you're kind of negating your advantage everything's on time just like how Kyle Lowry would do it crazy Mm -hmm. anyways yeah um it's going to be a tough one for for Scotty and uh, I just want to see him control his emotions make sure that he's staying composed in the moment because it's I could see him getting a little bit emotional there have been so many cases this year where like he's going oh, crazy man. jumping on Pascal and Pascal's like <laughs> chill youngin relax <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. he gets really excited and but you know what though I'd love to see it more than anything I mean yeah he gets he gets too excited maybe sometimes but at the same time I've never seen a rookie be so excited to be wearing a Raptors uniform yeah. And maybe that's not specifically the case, but I mean, at the same time, you know, without, a, without question, I mean, he's, he's going to be important to whatever the Raptors mm. do. hundred percent. As uh, Kyle said last night, he's the cornerstone of the franchise for years to come. He's a special yeah. talent and Manny, man, you're a special talent too. What do you got coming <laughs> up here? What do you got so, coming up? Um, what's, what's the deal? So, uh, yeah, if you guys uh, go to check out the lineup, Raptors Republic, uh, hey. it's a YouTube series. I've been trying to uh, do it for every game this season. I've, I've done it for most. Uh, there's obviously been some times where I haven't been able to, but um, nonetheless, that's that's what I got going on. Also, I, I do have some freelance work that I do with Yahoo, so some articles. Uh, nice. Go ahead and check that out. Um, I think the last one I did was about why the Raptors could possibly spoil uh, you know, one of their uh, meetings with a top seed because of how good they are on the road. Yeah. And since they're going to be a lower seed, they're going to be on the road more. Um, but uh, there's that. And, you know, I'm I'm just, you know, we're out here grinding. We're out here grinding and we're oh, out boy. here trying to trying to make it and, you know, trying to uh, trying to earn my chops. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Uh, we'll see where it goes. But uh yeah, if you guys could give me a follow, that would be great. Um, and yeah, man, thanks for having me, brother. I really appreciate it. And uh, this is this has been awesome, man. I'm I'm so happy that uh, we were able to do this. Hundred percent. Where? What's your Twitter again? Let people know. So uh, yeah, go ahead, follow me. It's at underscore Manny Rao. Like I said, the Twitter thing from before. The guys had it yeah. since 2010. I can't get it. If anybody know, if any one of you know him, he has like one follower. Let but if any know. of you know him, let him know that the real Manny Rao is asking for his name. <laughs> Please. If you are that one follower and you are happy to be listening to this podcast, please. <laughs> cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Reach out to yes. him and tell him to deactivate his account so yes. our boy here can get his, his account as he rightfully should. Love the hat. Love me. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Thank you brother. for joining me. Much appreciated. Everyone, have a, have yourself a great Monday, great Tuesday. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>